0: have felt the liberating, redeeming power of this book of books, and their changed lives have changed the world and the course of history. The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar is your opportunity to hear this unique book, the entire Bible, every year.
1: Now, here's the host of The Bible Live, Soapy Dollar. Thank you very much joining with us tonight for the Bible Live broadcast. It's that time of the day again. We gather around our radios all over this great city of San Antonio, and we get to hear tonight a great reading from the book of Genesis, the first book of the Bible, chapter 21. Following the experiences of this individual named Abram, now we know him as Abraham. His name was changed from exalted father to father of many And the funny thing was, he hadn't had any children yet, and he's already uh, well into his later years of his life. So many of these individuals, Abraham, Sarah, his wife, their children, and so on, their lives are so messy, so difficult, so complicated. That is exactly what our lives are like. My life, too, it's pretty messy, had a very messy beginning and growing. We have our ups and downs and back and forwards and around, and that's exactly what we see happening in the lives of these individuals in the remarkable times in which Abraham lived. He has left his home city, Earl of the Chaldeans, with his father Terah. They went up near where Nineveh will be someday. Abraham has come south to Canaan and down into Egypt. We followed his adventures. Abraham and Sarah took the initiative to have a child with her handmaiden, which was the custom of the day, and that was Ishmael, the father of the Arab nations. Then, miraculously, Sarah conceived at 100 years of age and had their child, Isaac. Laughter. Isaac means laughter because she laughed when she was told that she was going to have a child in her elder years. So we'll pick up now in chapter 21 of the book of Genesis tonight. Right now, though, let's go to the beautiful Psalm 6. Asking God for deliverance and for rescue in time of trouble. And God is indeed able to rescue us. We can call upon him and know that he hears our call. The Bible Life. Psalm Six. O oh Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your rage. Have compassion on me, Lord, for I am weak. Heal me, Lord, for my body is in agony. I am sick at heart. How long, O oh Lord, until you restore me? Return, O oh Lord, and rescue me. Save me because of your unfailing love. For in death, who remembers you? Who can praise you from the grave? I am worn out with sobbing. Every night, tears drench my bed. My pillow is wet from weeping. My vision is blurred by grief. My eyes are worn out because of all my enemies. Go away, all you who do evil, for the Lord has heard my crying. The Lord has heard my plea. The Lord will answer my prayer. May all my enemies be disgraced and terrified. May they suddenly turn back in shame. End of reading, Psalm 6.
0: I'm forgiven because you were forsaken, Lord. I'm accepted.
1: You were condemned. I'm alive and well. Your spirit is within me because you died and you
0: rose again. You're listening to the Bible Live with Sophie Dollar.
1: You know, when I was growing up, I never liked poetry. I grew up, as many of you know, in an orphanage, 400 hairy-legged guys. It was a kind of a normal testosterone-driven environment, and we weren't raised to like poetry. We uh, worked on a ranch, 2,500 acres of irrigated pasture land. We worked hard from morning to night and fought and wrestled and played football. I mean, we did all the things, you know, that men do. You know, we were men's men. Poetry was just not one of those things that we came to appreciate. Our poor English teachers, they had to really struggle. But as I get into the Psalms, I understand this is another man's man, David, opening up his life and really crying out to God. Sometimes we're alone. We're the male lion, and we've got to be the tough man, the leader. David cries out in those moments of loneliness, when he feels abandoned, the times of betrayal, times of difficulty, so the Psalms have really become a great blessing to me as often they echo my own feelings of desperation and of longing for him. A little bit of a change I've seen in my life. Well, let's go back to the book of Genesis now. Abraham now has had his son Isaac. He's waited 25 years for this son of promise. And now God's going to test him and tell him to give that son up. The Bible Life. Genesis 21:22 through 24:67. Genesis 21. About this time, Abimelech came with Pheco his army commander, to visit Abraham. It is clear that God helps you in everything you do, Abimelech said. Swear to me in God's name that you won't deceive me, my children or my grandchildren. I have been loyal to you, so now swear that you will be loyal to me and to this country in which you are living. Abraham replied, All right, I swear to it. Then Abraham complained to Abimelech about a well that Abimelech's servants had taken violently from Abraham's servants. This is the first I've heard of it, Abimelech said, and I have no idea who is responsible. Why didn't you say something about this before? Then Abraham gave sheep and oxen to Abimelech, and they made a treaty. But when Abraham took seven additional ewe lambs and set them off by themselves, Abimelech asked, Why are you doing that? Abraham replied, They are my gift to you as a public confirmation that I dug this well. So ever since, that place has been known as Beersheba, well of the oath. Because that was where they had sworn an oath. After making their covenant, Abimelech left with Ficol, the commander of his army, and they returned home to the land of the Philistines. Then Abraham planted a tamarisk tree at Beersheba, and he worshipped the Lord, the eternal God, at that place. And Abraham lived in Philistine country for a long time. Genesis 22 Later on, God tested Abraham's faith and obedience. Abraham! God called. Yes, he replied, Here I am. Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will point out to you. The next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him, along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped wood to build a fire for a burnt offering and set out for the place where God had told him to go. On the third day of the journey, Abraham saw the place in the distance. "'Stay here with the donkey,' Abraham told the young men. "'The boy and I will travel a little farther. "'We will worship there, and then we will come right back.' Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders, while he himself carried the knife and the fire. As the two of them went on together, Isaac said, "'Father?' "'Yes, my son,' Abraham replied. "'We have the wood and the fire,' said the boy. "'But where is the lamb for the sacrifice?' "'God will provide a lamb, my son,' Abraham answered, "'and they both went on together. "'When they arrived at the place "'where God had told Abraham to go, "'he built an altar and placed the wood on it. "'Then he tied Isaac up "'and laid him on the altar over the wood. "'And Abraham took the knife "'and lifted it up to kill his son "'as a sacrifice to the Lord. "'At that moment the angel of the Lord "'shouted to him from heaven, "'Abraham! Abraham!' "'Yes,' he answered, "'I'm listening!' "'Lay down the knife,' the angel said. "'Do not hurt the boy in any way, for now I know that you truly fear God. "'You have not withheld even your beloved son from me.' "'Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in a bush. "'So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering on the altar in place of his son. "'Abraham named the place the Lord will provide. "'This name has now become a proverb. "'On the mountain of the Lord it will be provided.' Then the angel of the Lord called again to Abraham from heaven. This is what the Lord says. Because you have obeyed me and have not withheld even your beloved son, I swear by my own self that I will bless you richly. I will multiply your descendants into countless millions, like the stars of the sky and the sand on the seashore. They will conquer their enemies, and through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed, all because you have obeyed me. Then they returned to Abraham's young men and traveled home again to Beersheba, where Abraham lived for quite some time.
0: This is the Bible, lie, with Soapy Dollar.
1: Soon after this, Abraham heard that Milcah, his brother Nahor's wife, had born Nahor eight sons. The oldest was named Uz. The next oldest was Buz, followed by Kemuel, the father of Aram, Keset, Hazo, Pildash, Jidlof, and Bethuel. Bethuel became the father of Rebekah. In addition to his eight sons from Milcah, Nahor had four other children from his concubine Reumah. Their names were Tebah, Gaham, Tahash, and Maakah. Genesis 23 When Sarah was 127 years old, she died at Kiriath Arba, now called Hebron, in the land of Canaan. There Abraham mourned and wept for her. Then, leaving her body, he went to the Hittite elders and said, Here I am, a stranger in a foreign land, with no place to bury my wife. "'Please let me have a piece of land for a burial plot.' "'The Hittites replied to Abraham, "'Certainly, for you are an honored prince among us. "'It will be a privilege to have you choose the finest of our tombs "'so you can bury her there.' "'Then Abraham bowed low before them and said, "'Since this is how you feel, "'be so kind as to ask Ephron, son of Zohar, "'to let me have the cave of Machpelah down at the end of his field.' i want to pay the full price of course whatever is publicly agreed upon so i may have a permanent burial place for my family ephron was sitting there among the others and he answered abraham as the others listened speaking publicly before all the elders of the town no sir he said to abraham please listen to me i will give you the cave and the field here in the presence of my people i give it to you go and bury your dead Abraham bowed again to the people of the land, and he replied to Ephron as everyone listened. No, listen to me, he insisted. I will buy it from you. Let me pay the full price for the field so I can bury my dead there. Well, Ephron answered, the land is worth four hundred pieces of silver. But what is that between friends? Go ahead and bury your dead. So Abraham paid Ephron the amount he had suggested, four hundred pieces of silver, as was publicly agreed. He bought the plot of land belonging to Ephron at Machpelah near Mamre. This included the field, the cave that was in it, and all the trees nearby. They became Abraham's permanent possession by the agreement made in the presence of the Hittite elders at the city gate. So Abraham buried Sarah there in Canaan, in the cave of Machpelah near Mamre, which is at Hebron. The field and the cave were sold to Abraham by the Hittites as a permanent burial place. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Genesis 24, Abraham was now a very old man, and the Lord had blessed him in every way. One day Abraham said to the man in charge of his household, who was his oldest servant, Swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and earth, that you will not let my son marry one of these local Canaanite women. Go instead to my homeland, to my relatives, and find a wife there for my son Isaac. The servant asked, But suppose I can't find a young woman who will travel so far from home? May I then take Isaac there to live among your relatives? No, Abraham warned. Be careful never to take my son there. For the Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and my native land, solemnly promised to give this land to my offspring. He will send his angel ahead of you, and he will see to it that you find a young woman there to be my son's wife. If she is unwilling to come back with you, then you are free from this oath. But under no circumstances are you to take my son there. So the servant took a solemn oath that he would follow Abraham's instructions. He loaded ten of Abraham's camels with gifts and set out, taking with him the best of everything his master owned. He traveled to Aram Naharaim and went to the village where Abraham's brother Nahor had settled. There the servant made the camels kneel down beside a well just outside the village. It was evening, and the women were coming out to draw water. "'O Lord, God of my master,' he prayed." "'Give me success and show kindness to my master Abraham. "'Help me to accomplish the purpose of my journey. "'See, here I am, standing beside this spring, "'and the young women of the village are coming out to draw water. "'This is my request. "'I will ask one of them for a drink. "'If she says yes, certainly, and I will water your camels too, "'let her be the one you have appointed as Isaac's wife. "'By this I will know that you have shown kindness to my master.' As he was still praying, a young woman named Rebekah arrived with a water jug on her shoulder. Her father was Bethuel, who was the son of Abraham's brother Nahor and his wife Milcah. Now Rebekah was very beautiful, and she was a virgin. No man had ever slept with her. She went down to the spring, filled her jug, and came up again. Running over to her, the servant asked, Please give me a drink. Certainly, sir, she said, and she quickly lowered the jug for him to drink. When he had finished, she said, I'll draw water for your camels, too, until they have had enough. So she quickly emptied the jug into the watering trough and ran down to the well again. She kept carrying water to the camels until they had finished drinking.
0: This is the Bible, live with Soapy Dollar.
1: The servant watched her in silence, wondering whether or not she was the one the Lord intended him to meet. Then at last, when the camels had finished drinking, he gave her a gold ring for her nose and two large gold bracelets for her wrists. "'Whose daughter are you?' he asked. "'Would your father have any room to put us up for the night?' "'My father is Bethuel,' she replied. "'My grandparents are Nahor and Milcah. "'Yes, we have plenty of straw and food for the camels, "'and we have a room for guests.' "'The man fell down to the ground and worshipped the Lord. "'Praise be to the Lord, the God of my master Abraham,' he said.' The Lord has been so kind and faithful to Abraham, for he has led me straight to my master's relatives. The young woman ran home to tell her family about all that had happened. Now Rebekah had a brother named Laban. When he saw the nose ring and the bracelets on his sister's wrists, and when he heard her story, he rushed out to the spring where the man was still standing beside his camels. Laban said to him, Come and stay with us, you who are blessed by the Lord. Why do you stand here outside the village when we have a room all ready for you and a place prepared for the camels? So the man went home with Laban, and Laban unloaded the camels, gave him straw to bed them down, fed them, and provided water for the camel drivers to wash their feet. Then supper was served. But Abraham's servant said, I don't want to eat until I have told you why I have come. All right, Laban said, tell us your mission. I am Abraham's servant, he explained, and the Lord has blessed my master richly. He has become a great man. The Lord has given him flocks of sheep and herds of cattle, a fortune in silver and gold, and many servants and camels and donkeys. When Sarah, my master's wife, was very old, she gave birth to my master's son, and my master has given him everything he owns. And my master made me swear that I would not let Isaac marry one of the local Canaanite women instead i was to come to his relatives here in this far-off land to his father's home i was to bring back a young woman from here to marry his son but suppose i can't find a young woman willing to come back with me i asked him you will he told me for the lord in whose presence i have walked will send his angel with you and will make your mission successful yes you must get a wife for my son from among my relatives from my father's family But if you go to my relatives and they refuse to let her come, you will be free from your oath. So this afternoon, when I came to the spring, I prayed this prayer, O Lord, the God of my master Abraham, if you are planning to make my mission a success, please guide me in a special way. Here I am, standing beside this spring. I will say to some young woman who comes to draw water, please give me a drink of water. And she will reply, certainly, and I'll water your camels too. Lord, let her be the one you have selected to be the wife of my master's son. Before I had finished praying these words, I saw Rebecca coming along with her water jug on her shoulder. She went down to the spring and drew water and filled the jug. So I said to her, Please give me a drink. She quickly lowered the jug from her shoulder so I could drink, and she said, Certainly, sir, and I will water your camels too. And she did. This is the Bible lie with Soapy Dollar. When I asked her whose daughter she was, she told me, "'My father is Bethuel, the son of Nahor and his wife Milcah.' So I gave her the ring and the bracelets. Then I bowed my head and worshipped the Lord. I praised the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, because he had led me along the right path to find a wife from the family of my master's relatives. So tell me, will you or won't you show true kindness to my master?' When you tell me, then I'll know what my next step should be, whether to move this way or that. Then Laban and Bethuel replied, The Lord has obviously brought you here, so what can we say? Here is Rebekah, take her and go. Yes, let her be the wife of your master's son, as the Lord has directed. At this reply, Abraham's servant bowed to the ground and worshipped the Lord. Then he brought out silver and gold jewelry and lovely clothing for Rebecca. He also gave valuable presents to her mother and brother. Then they had supper, and the servant and the men with him stayed there overnight. But early the next morning he said, Send me back to my master. But we want Rebekah to stay at least ten days, her brother and mother said. Then she can go. But he said, Don't hinder my return. The Lord has made my mission successful, and I want to report back to my master. Well, they said, We'll call Rebekah and ask her what she thinks. So they called Rebekah. Are you willing to go with this man, they asked her. And she replied, Yes, I will go. So they said goodbye to Rebekah and sent her away with Abraham's servant and his men. The woman who had been Rebekah's childhood nurse went along with her. They blessed her with this blessing as she parted. Our sister, may you become the mother of many millions. May your descendants overcome all their enemies. Then Rebekah and her servants mounted the camels and left with Abraham's servant. Meanwhile, Isaac, whose home was in the Negev, had returned from Baer One evening, as he was taking a walk out in the fields, meditating, he looked up and saw the camels coming. When Rebekah looked up and saw Isaac, she quickly dismounted. Who is that man walking through the fields to meet us? she asked the servant. And he replied, It is my master. So Rebekah covered her face with her veil. Then the servant told Isaac the whole story. And Isaac brought Rebekah into his mother's tent, and she became his wife. He loved her very much, and she was a special comfort to him after the death of his mother. End of reading, Genesis 21, 22 through 24:67. This is The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Abraham, after waiting 25 years for this son of promise, this child to be born, this Isaac, he didn't wait perfectly. They took some shortcuts. They tried to help God out waiting on this son, and finally, miraculously, the son is born to him and to Sarah in their old age, and then God tells him to sacrifice that child. Child sacrifice. I don't know how else to put it. Why in the world would God do that? It sounds a little bit like a cruel game of some kind, and we don't know. There's so many details in the Bible, and this is life, the messiness, the complexity of life and relationships. It's all there, and that's one of the beauties of the Bible. God is indeed a God of details. It should be a comfort to us, an encouragement to us, that God isn't foreign to these things. God isn't uncaring. He's not what they used to call the absentee landlord theory, that God put the world to spinning and put everything in motion and established the laws and then went on vacation to Hawaii or something. He's an absentee landlord. That is not the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible is vitally interested. Life is made up of details. These small events that happen in our lives, God is right in the middle of them. Some people make fun of Christians who say, well, I was looking for a parking spot at Walmart. I asked God to give me a parking spot, and there it was just as I drove up. Sounds silly to me sometimes, but when I'm in a hurry and I'm trying to pick something up, maybe it's not so silly. But the point I'm trying to make is, according to Scripture here, God is a god Of details not only is his book the Bible filled with the details of individual lives but he cares about those details and he is in those details he is working out his perfect will he is revealing himself now Abraham is living in the midst of other tribes other people groups and clans that practice immorality wickedness even child sacrifice maybe one of the points God is making here is that that is not to be a part of their lives we're not told every single sentence that was ever made or every word and every lesson that is taught here, but it could be that that was part of the lesson. Later on in the book of Leviticus, we're told very directly there is to be no child sacrifice, that life is precious to the Lord. At any rate, Abraham is tested in the sense that he's asked to give the thing that is most precious to him, and not only most precious to him personally individually, but it came to him from God. God was the giver of this precious gift of his son, There is a lesson there about priorities and about obedience, that we give to God everything. I know in the Beatitudes that Jesus preaches, blessed are the poor in spirit. He doesn't say just blessed are the poor. That's not the theme of the Beatitude. It's not blessed are the poor. It's blessed are the poor in spirit. Frankly, my friends, you and I probably are very wealthy compared to the rest of the world. We are incredibly blessed. And yes, the truth is we are wealthy. I know many people who are truly wealthy, even by our standards, and yet they are poor in spirit. They don't grasp it. They don't hold on to it. They're not greedy. They are generous, God-loving, loving people, helping people. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Everything that God gives to us, we hold with an open hand. We are stewards, not owners. God is teaching Abraham. He's holding even his son, this wonderful son of promise, with open hand. And also, God came through. He not only saved Isaac's life here, but he came through and provided. Remember Isaac's question, where are we going to find a sacrifice? This place is called Jehovah Jireh, Yahweh Yireh, Jehovah Jireh, meaning God will provide. We see the burial of Sarah, this land that Abraham purchases. And finally, this incredible lesson about Eliezer. He was going to be the one who inherited everything Abraham owned, a very wealthy man. And yet he went out searching on behalf of the son, Isaac, to find him a wife he's a pitcher in that sense. He is a type of the Holy Spirit who goes out and finds a bride for Jesus the Messiah. Truly a lovely story of Isaac and Rebecca, the faithful servant going to seek a bride for the son of his master. Uh, it's such a beautiful picture of the work of the Holy Spirit who goes to find a bride for Messiah. That's what the church is, the bride of Christ. The Holy Spirit finds us, each of us, in our different places. We're not all probably as gracious and lovely as Rebecca was, but he finds us and brings us to Jesus. Now, did you notice the parallel between the, the ram that is offered on the altar as a substitute for Isaac and Jesus, who was offered on the cross, as a substitute for us? God stopped Abraham from sacrificing his son, but he did not spare his own son Jesus from dying on the cross in our place. The Bible
0: Live with Sophie Dollar. Sophie reads from the New Living Translation by Tyndale House Publishers. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America, and your financial support is needed. Please mail your tax-deductible gift to the Bible Live, Post Office Box 18888. That's the Bible Live. P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas, 78218. You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website, thebiblelive.com. Now don't forget, join us each weekday for The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar.